Hey, this is Cash. Uh, thank you for listening to Middle Age Mediocre. Just want to let you guys know, if you just want to skip right to the story this week, uh, you can go to about the 27-minute mark. Uh, or you can stick around and listen to us talk about uh, my dreams and some Christmas memories. Up to you. Thanks for listening. This has been Wage Mediocre. I'm Cash. I'm Santa Claus. You're not Santa Claus. Uh, He's busy getting ready for Christmas. Yeah, I'm, I'm Joel. You're Joel. Yeah. yeah. Santa's up there on the North Pole getting all the toys built by his, his elves. Uh, I don't know if he pays them or not. You're not, you're not very good at improv. I was really hoping we could go with that a little bit. Well, you know. You're just right away. You are not Santa we Claus. We had Mothman <laughs> on our podcast, and one Reddit user didn't believe us. So uh, I don't think we're going to get all by, right. by Santa. People yeah. need to know that we are here for truth. <laughs> we're the truth seekers. <laughs> we're the truth tellers. <laughs> well, so it's Christmas, so I was just trying to trying to have some fun. I'm glad you put okay, it into that. Let's try again. Let's try again. <laughs> hey, welcome to Middle Age Mediocre. I'm Cash, and that's... I'm Santa Claus! Santa Claus! <laughs> Get off my lawn, kid! I don't know how I didn't notice you there before. What'd you bring me? Uh, uh, crippling depression. I already have that. <laughs> oh shit! That got in blue. <laughs> Can you bring something else? <laughs> here's a here's a second piano. Can I sit on your lap? <laughs> yes. Oh <laughs> yes. Santa, I don't know if you're Santa Claus. You seem you're you don't even have a Santa suit on. No, but look at my glasses. Okay, they yep. are white. Yep. So that's snow. <laughs> so, can I pet your reindeer? I'm undercover. You I'm sure can. Undercover Santa. It's like an old. <laughs> that feels like one. an old explo- exploitation film. Yeah, or it's like a, a CBS show where Santa goes undercover <laughs> to the workshop. He's like, "Oh, I'm new here." <laughs> Teach me. And I was like, "Yeah, fuck Santa Claus. That motherfucker gets us working all." He's like, "I I'm think sh- he's a good guy." I'm sure SNL or something has done an undercover boss parody <laughs> with Santa. They need to. Yeah. And all of this out. Let's write. <laughs> and fucking shoot it. Well, speaking of writing, <laughs> but they they obviously know it's Santa Claus because it's fucking Santa. Yeah, he's yeah. <laughs> like, we love working for, for you. I mean, for Santa for Claus. Santa Claus. Uh, speaking of writing and shooting things, I had a dream the other night. I know everybody loves to hear about. Oh yeah, other people's dreams. Sure, uh, but this one involves you. Okay, so I thought you'd be interested. Why didn't you tell me just when you woke up? I was saving it for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, saving it for the, the joke pod. was we were laying together. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> like I spent the night. Yeah. You shook me awake and be like, right. Joel, well, Joel. I was trying to keep our relationship a little quieter. <laughs> All right. We can't, you know, if we're if we're if we're professionals uh-huh. and we're dating, it's gonna, it's gonna it's gonna look weird. People Could might they, yeah. think things. Sure. Like that we play favorites with each other. Do we play favorites? Yep. So, anyways, All right. I had this dream where we were going to Vegas. You know, buddy road trip. Nice. We're, we're driving to Vegas. Uh, but then, and this is, you know, just. Well, did we hit backcountry? No, we didn't hit backcountry, but we hit backcountry. Oh. Because in classic U fashion, uh, and oddly enough, on the highway, there was a sign for a yard sale off one of the exits. Oh. You know how those get posted on highway. I just start yelling. Yeah. Oh, yard sale, pull over, pull yeah. over. So we're like. Not even out of West Virginia yet. Yeah. And you're already, you know, yard sale. We got to go check it out. So I'm like, oh, fuck, okay. So we go, and we're, like, driving and driving and driving, and we don't find a yard sale. And we do find, though, like, ourselves in this abandoned town. Uh, oh. And we're, we're like, video vlogging this thing. Okay. You know, we're going to put it on YouTube. Sure. Like, this is the middle-aged, mediocre Vegas trip, baby. Hey. So then we're in this, like... Uh, abandoned town, so we're still kind of like vlogging stuff. And, like, and I'm like, where's this yard sale? Yeah. I don't see anything for sale. I guess we can just take things. So we're like walking through these houses, and uh, and uh, then like, so we're you know, exploring these abandoned houses, and then like, we explore a few. There's really not a whole lot going on there, just some old shit, like, looks like abandoned for years now. Yeah. And then like, we kind of walk back out to the center of this town, and there's this like one house. Like, above all the others. It's, like, the biggest oh. house. It's, like, kind of up on a hill. The hill house? The hill house. Oh, it has eyes, fuck. too. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, its light comes on. 
like the main light of the house comes on, and then all of the other houses lights come on in the other houses. And then have you ever seen those uh, uh, like creepy old Halloween photos of like you know old like people's like costumes? Yeah, back? yeah, yeah. And they're really fucked. Yeah. So like all of a sudden we hear kind of something behind us, and when we turn around, there's just like dozens and dozens of people wearing all these creepy costumes. And then that's when the dream ended. Ooh. But I was like, if I can find an abandoned town for us, which is not as easy as I thought. Belbury? Belbury, maybe. <laughs> like, that would be a fun found footage horror yeah. movie. Uh, but, again, I've been researching abandoned towns. You would think they would be. I wouldn't think. <laughs> I would think. Well, like, you would think, like, you know, backwoods West Virginia. Yeah, would be, like, yeah spots that's true. But everything is just either. Uh, like, there's like three or four people. So there's built like factories there. Yeah. Or yeah, coal, you know, coal mining. Stuff. But who's got built our in town? I have one question. Okay. Was I fat in your dream? You were you. Uh, <laughs> next time, can you just like dream me just a little bit slimmer? Like maybe back when I was riding like three years okay. ago. Okay. I'll try. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I want that to be my dream version. If you're going to dream about me, I should have some say in it. You should have some say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I can try. Give me an afro, too. Like a Jew for Oh, you had an afro. Well, no, uh, you can't say that. I can't say that? I don't think so. A hair of a Jewish person? I That you can say. Okay. But I don't think you can say oh. the other thing. Can you edit that? Why man with no malice in my heart? I thought that was like something I could say. I'm sorry. Right. I right. apologize. Well, you don't have to, you know, have malice <laughs> to say offensive things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tell that to my grandma. <laughs> she's dead. Good luck. No, I'm just kidding. Well, she's from a different time. My great-grandma. My you know, you're from a different time. Sure, too. sure. I'm from sorry. Like the late 70s. No, I, I want hair of, you know, like a white person I met. <laughs> I'll stop. This is good. Make me skinny. Okay. Make me skinny. Okay. All right. Yeah, this is good. <laughs> good. I want to use this. I had a movie uh, night last night. You want to hear what mo- two movies I watched? Can I guess? Yeah. Uh, They're on VHS. Oh, well, yeah. Can I, I took five over there, and I let her pick one. Do you want to know the five I took yeah, over? Yeah, okay. give me the five that you took over. I took over Hard Rain. Okay. I took over uh, Identity. Okay. I took over The Vanishing. Mm-hmm. I took Jeff over, Bridges? yeah, I took okay. over Boogeyman. Like, not, there's a new Boogeyman, uh, which yeah. is pretty good. So, that we watched that last weekend. So, I didn't, I've never seen it. I don't know. But it says on the box, scariest so movie ever. Oh, yeah. I just gave that away, didn't <laughs> yeah, you I? Did. Something down to four. And, yeah, and there's a fifth one, too. What did I say? Hard in that one. Nope. <laughs> so either, hard either Rain. Identity, Hard Rain, or, and. Uh, oh, Cape Fear. Cape Fear yeah. and. Uh, uh, Boogeyman. Vanishing. Vanishing. So I'm going to say. Yeah. Uh, I actually watched two of them. I'm going to say uh, Vanishing and Identity. No. No. We watched Cape Fear first. The one that you didn't even remember. I know. <laughs> gotcha. That's my poke of my poke of poke, poke face. Have and, you seen that? It's uh, got Robert De Niro, but it's so weird because he has like this Louisiana accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cape Fear. Yeah. yeah, it's a great movie. Great movie. Like uh, Nick Nolte's in it. Uh, Jim- Robert De Niro's just covered in tattoos. Yeah, Juliet Lewis is yeah. in it. Uh, but we've been watching, like I said, we're like up to season four or five American Horror Story, and Jessica Lange's been in all of them. Okay. So I saw what she was in. I think I watched it a long time ago, but it's just so off-putting to see Robert De Niro, like a clearly New York Italian guy, doing I'm this like, be... yeah, Louisiana accent yeah. and stuff. Like, that kind of, that threw me off a I little bit. I think it almost kind of adds to the character, though, because it's, it's like... He did a good job doing it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a creepy movie. He was ripped in that movie. Yeah, it's weird, though, because like... He kisses Juliet Lewis, and it's like obviously she wasn't at the time, but her character is a fifteen-year-old girl. Yeah, and it was a pretty good kiss. And I was like, man, I was like, that's so creepy. It's like, well, he's not supposed 90s. to be a good person. Yeah, but I think you can establish that without him. I don't know that one. But so, then, then we watched I did the after. I did. Uh, yeah, okay. and I forgot how that movie. That movie is great. Like I, I felt like I've watched seventy-five percent of that movie a hundred times, but I don't know how many times I've yeah. actually watched the last twenty-five percent. Like, where you, like, you know, like, something's fucked up about them all being at the hotel. They're all at the same birthday. And just, right. You know, the keys being left and stuff like that. But I could not have told you how it ended when I watched it last night. And then it ended, and I was like, well, okay. Yeah, I remember watching that in theaters, and I did not see uh, the end coming. Uh, it was really good, though. John Cusack? Nick, uh-huh. Uh, Gary Busey's son? No. no? Uh, Jake Busey's in Jake it. Jake Busey, yeah. Uh, Ray Liotta. 
It was, it was a good movie. Uh, we watched, uh, was there Thursday? We watched Say Anything with John Cusack. Mm, don't get the movie. hype about that. I don't, I don't get the hype. I don't get the it's hype. not as, I mean, it's I got that one. It was just it's like. It's got this, that one iconic scene. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, yeah, it has Fraser's dad in it. But like yeah. watching it, I was like, uh, you know, I thought it was going to be like more kind of, that's probably why I never watched it. Like there's, you know, there's all these monumental movies of the 80s, Breakfast Club. I mean, Pretty in Pink, all this other stuff, and I always thought Say Anything was right there, but no, watching it like it was just a relationship about these two people. It was just so feels so rushed. Yeah, it's it doesn't hold up to the other. But yeah, he holds the boombox up and it has good music in it. Yeah, and he like kickboxes with his old nephew. That's probably what made it kind of stand out. That was the music. Yeah, yeah. I t- I talked to Jake Busey about identity. You uh, talked to Jake. Yeah. Busey? Did I ever tell you about when I hung out with him? What? <laughs> Are you fucking with me no, right I now? I, no, I could have sworn I told you this. At the, I'm so happy that at this point in our relationship, there's still, there's still new, new things. things. So you can tell me, and I can be like, what? Wow, I can't believe I've ever told this. I wow. I want to talk about this on the podcast. So no. We went to... Uh, That's Gary Busey's son. Me and a few other people went to uh, a horror convention in, uh-huh. in Indiana. I think it was the first uh, Days of the Dead convention. Maybe the second. I don't know. But we went, uh, stayed in a hotel there. The convention was in the hotel. And uh, I didn't have it. This was back before I had Ambien, so I still yeah. just didn't sleep. Uh, so, like, that night. PA, pre-Ambien. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Josh PA. Josh pre- PA. So, uh, that night, uh, there's me and three other people. And uh, we're sharing the room. And they all fall asleep before me. And they're all just, like, snoring. Like, I mean, in, like. Like cartoonish almost? Like they're fucking yeah. <laughs> Huey, and like, Dewey, and Louie? One right after the other. <laughs> like, one would one would hit it, and then, like, as soon as they were done... Boom, harmony! And then, boom, yeah. You're sleeping with both thugs in harmony. So okay. I laid there for probably 20, 25 minutes, and I was just like, well, this is... I can't do this. <laughs> so there was a really nice bar in the hotel, uh-huh. and I went down. This was probably around, like, 10, 11 o'clock at night. And I uh, was just sitting at the bar. Very first time I ever drank Fat Tire. Okay. Uh, I always remember that. Uh... And I'm sitting there, and then uh, I hear some people like laughing and being like, well, And you were like, no. You were pissed, weren't you? I'll no, 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 no. no. <laughs> but you can tell, like, there's commotion. Yeah. So I turn around, and I see this, like, tall dude standing at this table, kind of, like, shaking people's hands, like, smiling and stuff, you know? And then he turns and walks over towards the bar near where I'm at, and I'm like, holy fuck, that's Jake Busey. <laughs> and he sits down right next to me, and, like, you cannot mistake Jake Busey. Oh, like, yeah. His teeth... Are giant. They got there a minute before he did. Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, he sits down next to me, uh, and he orders a beer, and we sat there and drank, like, three, four beers together. Uh, didn't talk a whole lot, like, but yeah. I was just like, oh, hey, you're, you're Jake Busey. And he's like, I am. <laughs> and I was like, that's cool. And I was like, so what's up, man? And he's like, I just, you know, can't sleep. And he's like, just thought I'd whatever. And I was like, oh, cool. And then I was like, yeah, hey, I just, like, I had just watched Identity not too long. And I was like, that movie was great, man, you know, whatever. And he's like, oh, thanks. And we kind of talked for a how'd little the, bit. How did they fit that baseball bat in your throat? That's it, how he died. He had oh, baseball yeah. baseball bat shoved down his throat. And he, and he was like, all right, well, dude, hope you enjoy the convention. And then he went and, like, sat with a group of people that he, uh-huh. I think, I guess he knew or whatever. But Yeah. Yeah, so. I, no, I Jake Busey, cool guy. I got to confirm the story with Jake Busey. You do that. It sounds pretty cool. Same convention was where I met uh, Tom Sizemore. Oh. Uh, he was... Uh, at a table, uh, I suppose he was supposed to be there. Did he cut you know? your ear off? No, but he was a dick. Oh, I could. I mean, straight up asshole. Yeah. Uh, could not have been less interested to be there. Uh, was very, very aggravated that anybody was saying hi to him. <laughs> uh, just stayed on his phone the whole time, and there was like he had like a, you know, like an assistant, I guess. Yeah. That would come over and be like, you have to take a, you know, you have to do. You're supposed to be doing like you're getting, yeah. <laughs> and he would like look at that guy like he's like I'm gonna fucking strangle you. Uh, he and was then, a like, character. I remember like walking past him like later at a different booth where he was doing autograph signings uh-huh. and the doors were open, and I was like Tom size more, more like Tom size less. <laughs> and kept right on walking, like it was just my own personal little victory. <laughs> you had it till the end there. Yeah, it was. I, mean, I, I feel like I won though. Yeah. Uh, is he dead? Did you? Yeah, kill him? yeah, he died not too long ago. Okay, well, a few years ago. Good job. And then uh found out that the dude that played uh uh the kid in Child's Play, Alex yeah. uh something Turner maybe is his last, I forget his last name now. Uh real creep, real creeper. Uh I actually and then I also met him again at an IW East Coast show. He was they brought him back for like the movies. Too. Yeah, yeah. But recently. he was like uh 
because I went with Brooke and Justin yeah. and uh, our, our friend Becca, and Brooke and Justin were clearly together. I mean, clearly, and yeah. he did not give a shit and was like all up in Brooke's business. Well, he is from child's play. Uh, yeah, and then uh, yeah, I met him later at a at a IW East Coast show, and he was he's the shortest dude in the world. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you know whatever. Fuck him. Can't believe I never talked about Jake Busey. No. Huh. Wow. So yeah, you know, I'm kind of a celebrity. A little bit, friend. Yeah, friend of the celebrities. I'll sure. I'll get him on the podcast. I'm I'm two degrees away from Jake Busey then. Right? Met met Andrew WK. Yeah, I, I know some that. people. I remember that. I've seen that. I need to start on, bringing on some guests. That was on YouTube. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Selling men's hygiene oh, products. Wipe your balls clean. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's. I'll just stop right. dropping names now. Yeah, cool. So those are movies I watched, and then you <laughs> met someone from the movie. You really up to me. Who have you met? <laughs> you really up to me. Ah, I don't know. Yeah. You, well, you met. Uh, didn't you meet a basketball player once or something? <laughs> you? No? I thought you met like an NBA guy once at a ball or something. I thought you told me that story. Oh, uh, no. Oh, okay. No. Whatever. This is one off the rails quick. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Jason Collier's grandparents lived across the street from me in Springfield, Ohio. Who? Jason Collier. He won the Ohio basketball for Catholic that year. Springfield Catholic. Oh. Got drafted by the Rockets and he died in the offseason of like a heart deal. Oh, great story. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Only it's, one of my guys died. <laughs> his grandparents lived across the street from us. In, uh, never saw him. No. <laughs> I never saw him there. They were just like, hey. You know, like basketball player in the paper? That's his grandparents. Oh, no, you nah, no, I never talked to You would them. tell people that. Yeah, I lived hey. there for like a year. <laughs> yeah. That's, yep. Uh, all right, well, you know, we're we're pretty big deals yeah. in the world of Huge. Hollywood. Huge. Uh, also, our last episode was about a, a fellow named Israel Keys, uh, who we may or may not have, uh, I mean, most, I think the majority of the consensus is this guy was like, the, like a sadistic serial killer. We asked him questions. Because really, they only like produced one body, I think. Yeah. Maybe. Anyways, I didn't mess up one thing about that. I oh forgot. shit! Uh, he was known as the new metal killer. The new metal, like you killer. know the genre. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. So like, I would new metal in you, in you. Yeah. So self admittedly, I enjoy quite a bit of new metal. I grew up during that time and like it. But like, if. It would depend on what he was like. I'm assuming they call him that because he. I don't know if he played it during like. If he, yeah. But depending on what he was playing at the time, like I would be if he played like Headstrong by Trapped, <laughs> I would be real torn. Like I want to die because I don't want to hear this song. Yeah. I don't want to die to this song. <laughs> <laughs> so if that's true, that guy is a true sadistic bastard. What's what's like the top new metal band? Corn. Oh, uh, Corn's new metal. Yeah. So it was like Limp Biscuit. Corn, Limp Biscuit, Stained. Wow. Okay. Those were your big ones back in the day. Disturbed. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Static X. Yeah, yeah. They were the more like, yeah. you know, they were the undergrounder. Like they were more underground. Yeah. You had to be cool to like them. I was never cool. Uh, I went to the Family Values tour one year. Yeah, that was a big new metal thing. Yeah. I've had the CDs. I never went to one. Sure. So you got me there. Yeah. You got me on that one. Who'd you see? Uh, corn was there. Um, it was always like corn, Limp Biscuit. Yeah, Limp Biscuit wasn't there. Fuck them. I never seen Limp Biscuit. I don't know. There's other people. Okay. <laughs> right, <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, because then they have like uh, one of the Family Values tour. They had like uh, I think NWA was on. Uh, actually, I think it was uh, corn or corn and stained. Stained, yeah. yeah stained I don't was. remember any rap groups being there when I was there. Yeah, I think one of the years they had maybe it was just Dre or something, but yeah. they had yeah. I forgot about Dre. Thanks. How do you forget about Dre? <laughs> it's got a lot going on. You know, Christmas <laughs> is coming up. Speaking of Christmas, it is Christmas time. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty excited. I like Christmas. Are you really? Yeah. I like Christmas music. Yeah. I like the whole feel of it. I'm already, like, we're only, like, less than three weeks away, and I hear Christmas music, and I'm like, already? I was like, do you have to? I hate it. I hate it all. I was listening to it earlier today when I was driving. Oh, home. God. Yeah. Willingly? Uh-huh. Yeah. Save it for Jingle Jake. Bells. Save it for Jake Busey. Oh well, <laughs> I plan on sending him a Christmas card. <laughs> Remember me? Yeah, I don't know. I've always kind of it takes me back to being a kid. You know, just oh. that feeling of. What's your What's your favorite Christmas memory as a kid? My favorite Christmas memory as a kid. Uh, oh wow, do you got one? Yeah. If I get my Sega Genesis. Get your Sega? Yeah, because I found it prior. Because I was the kid that looked everywhere mm. for Christmas gifts. 
I would like if there was presents under the tree, I would cut the wrapping paper open to look and then tape it back. Like, <laughs> do it on a place where like no one one's gonna notice. Oh yeah, yeah. And then most times it'd be wrong because I was like, yep, yep. There's that that I found. There's that that I, you know. <laughs> so like that year, yeah, that kind of ruined. So I found little... it. It was under my brother's bed, and they're like, "That's for his girlfriend." And I was like, "What the fuck did she get a set of jeans to? She doesn't even." Rage, I cried. I was so upset. And then, like, Christmas morning came, and there it was under the tree. I opened it. I was like, What? You didn't deserve that at all. No. You were, you should be on the naughty list. <laughs> that was my favorite. Getting that I think mine, uh, so like, definitely getting a Nintendo was a big deal. Like, that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, but then my, uh, mine would actually be like when I was younger. I forget what age it stopped, but when I was younger for years, my mom would, uh, Christmas Eve night, would while I was sleeping, would come in my room, and she would have a little Christmas tree, uh-huh. and she would put it, like, near my bed somewhere, and then when I'd wake up, I'd have this little Christmas tree Aww. there, and that was always pretty cool. Uh, that's probably it. Yeah. Yeah. Christmas is awesome, though. I, I love Christmas. She needs uh, to do that this year. I hate it more now, so, though, because, like, the weather always seems fucked up. Like, it's always kind of warm on Christmas, yeah. and... You want the snow. I want the snow. I want the cold. I want, yeah. I want it to be Christmas. Christmas, goddamn. I like Christmas movies. love Christmas movies. Nope. So, plan on watching a couple Christmas horror movies I would, Yeah, I got a few Christmas movies. Of course, me and Mike, my cousin, we rap every year. Like, rap presents, not like talk over music. And, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we always watch Die Hard. That's our Christmas tradition. We watch Die Hard. Uh, most years, we try to squeeze P2 into it as yeah. well. That was one of our... Uh, we did a review of that. Sure did. I didn't really think of that. I mean, I guess it is. Yeah, because it's Christmas Eve and like... So it's a Christmas yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah, but it's on like almost every list of like Christmas horror movies. Yeah. And I really didn't even think of it as a Christmas horror movie until I saw it. And I was like, oh, yeah, it was kind of. Mm-hmm. So, but I guess it's the same argument people have against Die Hard being a Christmas yeah. movie. Like, it's not, it's not about like, Christmas. Like, the Weapons a Christmas movie because yeah. it happens around Christmas. Great man. Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get too old for this shit. Yeah, ho, it, ho, ho. It and Die Hard are both up there. Yep. Black Christmas is really good. Silent Night, Deadly Night is good. Yeah. Uh, but there's a couple new ones out now. There's one with a guy from Stranger Things that I want to watch, uh, where he plays like a, basically like a badass. Oh player. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's another one out now. It's on Shutter, I think, that I plan on watch tonight. But I got to find out what it is. Okay, about that one with Goldberg. Santa Slay. Yeah. We did a review of that too. Yep. Good lord, was that bad? I try. I try to forget it every day. <sighs> it was rough. <laughs> All right. Well, you got anything else we're getting in this story? Um. You got any anything coming up? Anything going on? No. No. My worst Christmas uh, memory. Oh. One year I only had like two presents and it was like socks and underwear uh-huh. and like batteries or something. But they tricked me. Oh. And my family. My older brother Jason also went by Tad. Mm-hmm. That's his middle name. And so he had a bunch of presents marked Jason and a bunch marked Tad. And like after everyone opened up, you know, well, we thought was all the presents. There's still some underneath there, you know. And I was done just watching them, and they all just started busting out laughing. Oh, it was Mark Town for you. I opened them. So you I can never trust happy. your family again nope. after that. <laughs> I that, was anybody. Day, that was the day you lost all I trust. I trust anybody <laughs> after that. Was that the same year you found out Santa Claus didn't exist? Because that would be a real. I was young as a four, so I don't ever really remember thinking Santa Claus is real. Oh, okay. Like, Lily's 13, and she still was like, I'll find a shelf, it moves every morning. Yeah. I'm like, come on, kid, wise up. What's wrong with you? I know, I don't, I don't. I mean, I love her, and I want her to have that as, like, as long as possible, but, like, like dude, you're It does get to a point, if you're in, like, junior high, yeah. high school, and you're talking about Santa, it could lead to That's what I worry about! She's just going like, hey, hey, guys, you're up on the shelf, move. I think kids need to quit being dicks, yeah. and if there's somebody in your school that thinks Santa's real- <laughs> Get over it. Get over it. That kid is cool. Yo, yo, yo. Cash is no capping right now. He's hype as yo. That kid still has wonderment in their lives. Yeah. They still have hope. See, I never had Don't that. Don't ruin that. Like I said, I was the youngest of four, so I just, it was always just, like, we got to find these presents that yeah. our parents bought for us. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, one year, I can't remember. What, it's probably a video game system, if I had to guess, but there was one year where I, uh, my my mom had put that present like behind the tree where I couldn't see it. Yeah. And it was like the one thing I wanted like so bad. And I opened everything and I didn't get it. And Jake Busey doll. Jake Busey doll. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, but I, I was always, uh, 
I don't know. I got him. I, I didn't throw a tantrum like yeah. you did. Wow, well, there, really, dude. I was just like, I was salty. Yeah, I, 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 I was like, just like, oh shit, like that's. And like with the second, I didn't really like throw a tantrum. I was just like, what's well, what? Why did she get the second? Like I wasn't really like, yeah. ah, I'm holding my breath forever. Well, so you lied the first time. Yeah, I, I, you know, I pepped it up. This is entertainment, baby. We gotta people are listening. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. A little salt and pepper. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm gonna call you out on every time. Okay, dude. I mean, I was like, I was like, why? What the fuck does she get? The second well, floor. Yeah. <laughs> what game did you get? Just like the Sonic. Sonic was with it. it. Yeah. 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 It was a good. I think I. I didn't get a Sega till later. Yeah. I I went from Nintendo to Super Nintendo. Like we got a Nintendo, but that was like for the family. That was like for all. By the time Sega, a couple years later, like both my brothers were older. They weren't really playing video games. My sister was out of it. It's like the Sega was for me. Yeah. Yeah, I was an only kid. If so. anybody tried to fucking touch it, I'd let them. But I then I would, I'd be like, you wouldn't you like motherfucker. it, motherfucker. Like you try to like pick up the controller. It's all warm. Uh huh. You can't. You gotta let that controller cool off. Yeah. Because uh, it just feels wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's like sitting on a warm toilet seat. It's like fucking come on. Or if like you you. I would like I know my friends did this and annoy me, so I can't imagine if you have brothers and stuff. But like, if you've been playing a game and like it's you know you hit a level you can't whatever, and then yeah. you see and like they're beating it, and yeah. it's like, what are you? <laughs> what, what are you trying to do? I know we could do cheats. What are you trying to do? Yeah, here? yeah. <laughs> cheater. <laughs> now my cousins, I remember my cousins had a game genie. Oh. And I never had one, <laughs> and I thought it was magic. I thought, but then like looking back, the game genie sucked so bad. Yeah. Most of it wouldn't work. You had to like put in like fifteen characters. Oh, so like the like the little uh, where you moved the thing around to yeah. pick was so loosey goosey. Yeah. And it would like just scroll through the letters, but like you could never stop whatever you wanted. <laughs> it was a terrible thing. But at the time I was like, You can just like get stuff in the game. <laughs> I never had one. And I never really wanted one either. It was like I had a thing one. my cousins had. I had one. That I was like, that's a special treat for I had me. It for the Sega. And, like, I didn't even wear glasses, but I would just put glasses on every time just to, you know, felt special. Felt special. And I just, like, mm, breeze <laughs> through the book. Uh, game guides were awesome. Just before the internet. Now you can just, like, yeah. internet, Google. Instruction cheats. booklets were so good, though. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Christmas. It's been a good episode. Christmas time. See you next week. Oh, Christmas time. <laughs> All right. So, uh, let's get into uh, the story this week. This week, we're going to be talking about uh, a man who ended up becoming known as the Dexter Killer. Like the show. Like the show. Okay. Uh, I know all about this. Do you? I've read the books. I've seen all the shows. Oh, you, all the episodes. I even watched a new Dexter. I didn't. He goes to Alaska. Yeah, I heard. It's not bad. No? It's good. Didn't seem, didn't seem Watch like... It. What, is it on Showtime? Probably. Wherever the hell Showtime's a part yeah, of now? Yeah, yeah. I might check it out. Uh, I was really, I got, I just, Dexter was one of those shows that, like, after, like, the fourth season, yeah. I was just like, I guess I'll just fucking watch the rest These of this. These shows just go on so long. Yeah. Like, I know they're, I can get it. They want money. Yeah, yeah. But it's, like, just as, uh, yeah, they should definitely end them, I think, three seasons. It was, yeah, whatever, was this third season the Trinity Killer? Probably, I don't whatever know. Whatever season the Trinity Killer happened, there yeah. never should have been more, I yeah. don't think. So, anyways, uh, so Mark Twitchell. Was born on July fourth, nineteen seventy nine, in Edmonton, Canada. Uh, which Canada, man, is like people give Florida a bad name. Yeah, and you know America's got a lot of like killers and stuff, but fucking hell, Canada, so cold. There's a good chance you're gonna get murdered in Canada. <laughs> it's so cold. Uh, yeah, I they're polite that. about that. It's like, oh, governor, I don't know why they like that. Hello, governor. <laughs> I'm Canadian. Hey. Hello, governor. Hey. Uh, oh, stab you. Sorry about that. So his father, Norman, was a maintenance man, and his mother, Mary, was a graphic design artist. Uh, he also had a younger sister named Susan, and by all accounts, uh, he had a very normal childhood. He loved being the center of attention, but unfortunately for Mark, he was a nerd way before being a nerd was cool. Uh, he had big ears. Hey, still ain't fucking cool to be a nerd. If you're out there and you're a goddamn nerd, I'm coming for you. You liar. No. Lying liar. I'm a dork. So me, I'm my natural enemy is a nerd. They're you're, smart. You'd rather be a dork than a nerd. It's just how I am. I don't. I mean, it's not rather, but like nerds are smart and they can do stuff. And dorks are like, oh, I like wrestling. I guess we're on two opposing <laughs> sides of this. Like you're kind of a nerd dork hybrid. I'm a nork. Yeah, yeah. 
Nerk. So, like, I don't fight you because you're not full nerd. <laughs> right. Oh, you full nerds out there. <laughs> your days are numbered. And you can probably keep track of them on your little watch with the calculator on it. And you're like, bop, bop, beep, boop, bop, bop, bop. I'm coming for you. Your little pencil protector. <laughs> yeah, nerds. <laughs> so, he had big ears, uh, glasses. <laughs> Uh, he was a big comic book and Star Wars fan. Oh, fuck, yeah. That's nerd shit. So he was bullied a lot in his youth. As he sh- No, I'm so, kidding. So, uh, like a lot of nerds with a desire for attention, though, he became interested in creating his own video content. Uh, you know, he just wanted to please himself and gain the affection of others. Like, this would be his way please to Please himself? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. some video content right yeah. there. That's some OnlyFans. This was before OnlyFans. Was around, oh, he was so. the first OnlyFans. He was just out there selling on the streets. <laughs> Uh, so he got a camera, uh, he would make, he would film little video sketches and stuff. Uh, some of his early hits included Judge Fred, where he took the character of Judge Dredd and combined him with Fred Flintstone. Okay. Uh, and his Wheel of Fortune parody, Wheel of Torture. Oh. This dude was creative genius right here. I like the Judge Fred. Not bad. That's borderline dork. (laughs) Yeah. He's dipping his toes into the dork, dork life there. Okay. Yeah, not not a bad concept. No, no, no. Way better than Wheel of Torture. Like, yeah, Wheel of Torture. One. That just turns you off just from the title. So after high school, uh, he began attending the Northern Alberta Institute of Technology uh, for radio and television production. After graduating, he met a woman online named Megan, and the two eventually got married and moved to the United States, where he was hoping to get a work visa while living in both Iowa and Illinois at different times. Uh, he spent a lot of his time on the Internet. Here's a fun fact. They're the same place. Iowa and Illinois? Yep. Pretty much. They are. Yeah. I've never been to either. Uh, depends <laughs> on where you're at in Illinois, I guess, but a lot of it's the same. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he spent a lot of time on the internet, and he got a real kick out of making uh, fake profiles on dating websites. I watched a lot of Catfish. Where yeah, he pretended to be a woman and try to like fuck with dudes. Dude, that's so fucked up, man. Yeah. Some of these people are like, we've been talking for three years, and they've never won a FaceTime. It's weird. Like, how that, like, it's just... I don't. I don't get it at all. It's yeah. so crazy that people... I mean, I, mean, people I get that, it. Like, people are just... They're that thirsty and hungry for, like, any sort of just, like, I guess, relationship mm-hmm. or communications and just... Affection. Yeah, yeah. Affection. Exactly. Or just... Yeah. Yeah. And they just want some, like, uh, 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 someone just to spend a little attention, put well, a little attention on them. Yeah, there's some that, like, consider themselves basically to be married. Yeah. And, like, yeah, they've known this person for four years, never actually talked to them. Here's the two pictures I have of them. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you know, back in the day, it was like, I have a girlfriend in Canada. Yeah. She goes to another school. She goes to another school. You don't know her. Trust me, she's real. Oh, she's real. Real hot. (laughs) Pretty much looks like a 30-year-old male, like a 25-year-old model. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but she's actually my age. She goes to another school. Yeah. You don't know her. You know when I leave on the weekends? That's where I'm going. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you don't know her. So, so uh, this guy was doing that. He was catfishing people. Yeah, yeah he, he Have you like, seen the movie? That's where the term came from. You, you want to came out? I saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the husband was talking about how like it's they were like selling catfish for. And then for MTV it. made like a the series and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Megan, you know his wife, she would later state that shortly after they got married, uh, Mark asked her a bit of a strange question. He asked Megan if she had ever thought of killing someone. And then went on to tell her. So that's kind of stuff you should find out before you uh-huh. get married. That's not honeymoon material. That's first date material. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, their first date. Um, or actually, no, I'll get to that in a second. Okay. Uh, so, uh, and then he went on to tell her about how he had thought often about finding a homeless person. Who hasn't? And killing them. Yeah. Just Be- to see what it feels because like. Because that would, it, they wouldn't connect it back to him. So, uh, she doesn't leave him at this point, which is. You know, I think it's, just, it's on a smaller scale, obviously. Like, you're a kid, you, you take a pack of gum because you want to see if you can get away with it. Yeah. But, like, you should grow out of that kind But of to shit. think about, like, you know. Killing somebody. Find a random person. Yeah. Murder them. Get away with it. I always want to see, feel the rush. <laughs> I want to feel the rush. <laughs> <laughs> so. Are you, are you, this is this you talking or are you talking for. I want to feel the rush. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> I have a house. God damn it. People will miss me. Sure. <laughs> so, just turn around. <laughs> so, after about four years of marriage, Megan seemed to have had enough of Mark. Uh, she recalled that he was a compulsive liar who would lie about small things. Uh, she would ask him if he had paid a bill, and he'd be like, oh, yeah, I paid that. Then they get a past due notice, or, like, they get the past due notice, and she'd ask him, and he'd be like, oh, yeah, I paid that. Yeah. So then she'd call the company to be like, we paid that, and they'd be like, no, you didn't. Hmm. And she'd be like, oh, 
So like, it, you didn't have, you don't have to lie about that guy. Yeah. Like, and that's a pretty easy thing to find out you're lying about. <laughs> uh, he also cheated on her with multiple women. Ooh. So she filed for divorce. Uh, Mark moved his ass back to Edmonton. Uh, so less than a year later, he meets uh, another woman online. This woman's name is Jess. Uh, they got married, uh, which is kind of surprising because uh, their first date, he forgot about it. Oh. Uh, she had to call him from the restaurant. And You've be got like, a lot going on. Like, so where are you? Why aren't you here? Yeah. And he's like, oh, oh, yeah, we were going to do something. <laughs> so they still get married, though, which is, you know, good for Mark. Um, a few months later, he proposes. They get married. Uh, and they go, and they have a honeymoon in Costa Rica. Oh. Shortly after, Rica. Jess gets pregnant. Uh, during this time, Mark's obsession with Star Wars had really, really grown. Ugh, uh, and he began working on a fan film called Secrets of the Rebellion. Ooh. He put $60,000 of his own money into this production, filmed it over two summers inside of his old college in front of a green screen, after completing the project, I want to see it. <laughs> he wrote, I think it's probably, I don't know, it might be online. He wrote a script for a buddy comedy called Day Players, which would be about film extras. Uh, he needed funding for this new film venture, though. Uh, and, you know, him and his wife just had a newborn baby, so needs some money. Uh, the baby girl's name was Chloe. She was born uh, end of January 2008. So Mark takes a job uh, in sales work uh, where he would sell IT services to corporate clients. However, he was fired not too long after this because he just didn't work. Uh, it was pretty obvious that he didn't work because his work email hadn't been touched for three months. Oh. So you got to do something, Mark. Yeah. you got to pretend. Move the mouse around. Do so. something. Yeah. Check that email, delete some things, move some stuff <laughs> around, reply with a smiley face every once in a while. Uh, he began at this time. Smiley face. <clears throat> that Mark hard at work again. Oh, man, Mark. He began working at a new job after this, selling home security systems. But he started to believe, you know, hey, maybe it would be better if I just started raising funds for my movie full-time. Yeah. So he began making presentations to multiple potential investors. He raised a little bit of money from friends and families, uh, friends and relatives. Uh, he told Jess about his plans to quit his job so he could focus on this film full-time. But she, you know, was like, hey, we got a baby to take care of. Uh, maybe this isn't the best time to do this. Yeah. Um, maybe wait till we're a little bit more financially secure. So Mark considered what Jess said, and then he figured out a way to make both of them happy. He went ahead and quit his job, and then he just didn't tell her. Well, yeah. Because if she doesn't know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> what, blissful ignorance? <laughs> uh, he was sure that being able to spend all of his time fundraising would allow him to get his new movie fully funded in a matter of weeks. A few months later, no new investors had signed up for the project. Oh. So now, uh, and this is probably about the time where like Ben Affleck and Matt Damon had that, that show, Project Greenlight. Yeah, I, I said really, yeah, this been, probably all been. this is Ben Affleck's fault. Uh huh. I believe Matt Damon more. I don't Matt think Ben Affleck Damon. cares enough about things for things to be his fault. Have you seen Jersey Girl? Uh huh. Is it good? I have an VHS, Not as but bad I had to watch it. Okay. I enjoy. It. I'm debating watching it. I can't. I really can't stand much of Ben Affleck. Really? Yeah, there's some things I like him in, but for the most part... He's Ben Affleck in this. Yeah, so. alright. <laughs> he's not wearing a mask or anything, or like cgi to be like no, he's just Casey been, Affleck. He's just Ben Affleck. But it's Kevin Williams. Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith, I mean. Yeah. James Allen Bob in it? No. Oh. No. No, this was like his first movie that wasn't kind of like... Part of that universe? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I liked it. Alright. Uh, so I'll watch it now. Go ahead. Mark was now leaving uh, home in the morning under the guise of going to work. Bye, definitely going to work. Don't call because I'll be so busy. So busy at work. So busy. Checking those emails for sure. <laughs> Smiley faces going out everywhere. So he'd pretend to go to work and instead he would just drive around or like hang out at his parents while they were at work. Uh, he was living off the money that his friends and family had, had loaned him to make his movie. Uh, Jess, believing that, you know, Mark had a job was pushing for them to buy a new house since uh, the, the house that they rented was near train tracks and the noise was just getting to be too much. So Mark knew he wouldn't call Driving her loco? Yeah. Motive? She's on the crazy train. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Mark knew he wouldn't qualify for a mortgage because he didn't have a job. Mm -hmm. So, But he couldn't tell Jess that, of course, because he's enjoying this whole no work thing. Uh, so he did, he did the next best thing. He lied to the bank. 
he bought a cheap prepaid phone and put that number down on the mortgage application as his employer's number. When they called to verify his employment, Mark answered and claimed to be his own boss. It's just so much work to not have to do work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's it what's seems always, yeah. like. <laughs> uh, then he moved money from his production company into his checking account, uh, altered the statement to make it look like it came from his job. So then he paid a down payment with money that he should have gone that should have been going to make his movie or you know to pay bills and things. Yeah. And they bought a small little house in St. Albert, just northwest of Edmonton. Uh, in the basement of the house, Mark set up an office, put a mattress down there on the floor. Jess would sleep upstairs in the, in the you know master bedroom. Uh, they kind of were just like living their own separate lives in this yeah. house. So Mark's obsession had moved from Star Wars to Dexter at this time. Uh, Dexter, of course, you know he's. This- TV show. He's, of course, uh, he's a serial killer, but yeah. he only kills, you know, other killers and bad that getaway, people. yeah. But he has, like, a dark passenger and stuff. So, uh... You ain't tell me nothing new, brother! Yeah, so... I fact, read the books before there was a show. Look at How you. about that? Look at you How things. about that? People do that. Yeah. Want to fight about it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, now? or No, later okay. on. So, in September 2008... Mark decided to use the little funding he had left uh, for his buddy comedy that he was going to make to instead make a short horror film called House of Cards. It would be about a hockey mask-wearing serial killer who lured a cheating husband to a garage by posing as a woman online. Once in the garage... Hockey mask? What? What? You guys so fucking original. But this hockey mask was like going to be painted. Oh. Different colors. He probably had like a glove with like long nails on it. Spoons. Yeah. Not, 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 not who you're thinking of. No, spoons. This, this guy has spoons. And like, not a chainsaw, but he probably had like a weed whacker mm-hmm. too. Ooh. Yeah. So completely different. <laughs> uh, once in the garage. Oh, fuck this guy. The cheater would be hit with a stun baton and tied up. Uh, eventually, he would be killed and dismembered. So Mark spent about. But he deserved it. So Mark spent well, about because he was a cheater. Mark cheated like yeah. All well, Dexter was also and... a serial killer. Sure. So, yeah. I mean, uh, Mark spent about a month preparing for the film. He rented because I mean that's about all you need for that. <laughs> he rented a detached garage in a residential area. He built props and bought a stun baton, uh, which they're not legal to purchase in Canada. So he bought one from someone online. Uh, from the United States and had them ship it. He put casting calls online and found actors to play the serial killer and the victim. Uh, the actors would be working for free in this film, but Mark promised them roles in Day Players, which he told them would be starring Alec Baldwin. Oh, nice. Uh, think of all the exposure you're going to get. If you're there's no evidence movie. online to suggest Alec Baldwin was tied to this project. <laughs> so, uh, the short horror film was shot in the garage over two days. Near the end of September, with a rented digital camera and some low-budget effects, uh, House of Cards was shot and ready for editing. The production of his horror film was not just to get a complete short film on his resume. Mark was also using it as a means of building his own Dexter-like kill room. He had friends build a large six-legged steel t- stainless steel table. He'd acquired uh, the stun baton, handcuffs, and knives that he could use for his next plan. Uh, in his basement office, he got on a dating site and found pictures of an attractive blonde woman. He downloaded three pictures and then set up a new dating profile that he knew would lure in the star of his next project. During this time, Mark was spending a lot of time on internet dating sites, not just for his new project, but for himself as well. One day, Jess had come into the house through the basement door and saw what what was displayed on his computer screen. Mark was on the phone and hadn't noticed that she came in. She suddenly yelled, get the fuck off the phone. Mark spun around to see his wife staring at him while he was sitting on his computer. Busted! With a website for dating service. For Fuck a dating service you, that specializes Mark. in matching people who want to have uh, affairs. Yeah. So I think that was... Uh, Ashley Madison yeah, at, or something yeah. like that. Oh. So, uh, Mark was really good at lying, though. So he immediately just said, oh, no, 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 I'm... I'm Researching. I'm writing yeah. uh article. Uh, I'm, I'm doing some freelance writing, so I'm, I'm writing this article... For an online publication about internet dating, uh, she didn't quite buy that. So he told her, "Hey, I have a conference call with the editor here in a couple of days. You're more than free to listen in." So uh, she asked him, "Well, what's his name?" And he immediately says, "Phil Porter." So his name is a uh, basement basement door. <laughs> so Mark used the next two days uh, to 
buy another prepaid phone, hire an actor to play Phil Porter, uh, even had the guy record an outgoing message on the phone's voicemail saying, like, hey, this is Phil Porter from whatever. Why would that guy put that on his resume later? Probably. I lied to this, this broad for his husband. Uh, you can call him. He's in jail. Because just in case Jess would try to call him, yeah. he have this message. So yeah. she wasn't completely convinced of this, but she couldn't prove that he was lying. Uh, so, th- you know, things continued on. Mark, at this time, recognized that he lacked empathy, and instead of working to repair that trait, he embraced it. He made a conscious decision at this point to become a serial killer. He was the type of guy who needed to dramatize everything, though, so he began writing about his transformation in a journal. He titled it SK Confessions, and it begins, quote, This is the story of my progression into becoming a serial killer. Like anyone just starting out in a new skill, I had a bit of trial and error in the beginning of my misadventures. Allow me to start from the beginning, and I think you'll see what I mean. I don't Fuck remember this guy. I don't remember the exact place in time it was that I decided to become a serial killer, but I remember the sensation that hit me when I committed to the decision. It was a rush of pure euphoria. I felt lighter, less stressed, if you will, at the freedom of the prospect. There was something about urgently exploring my dark side that greatly appealed to me. And I'm such a methodical planner and thinker. The very challenge itself was enticing to behold. Real cool guy. Cool, coolest guy. Cool, Mark. Yeah. Though he kept most of what he was doing a secret for obvious reasons, he did admit to Jess that he didn't think he could feel empathy like other people. It came as a shock to her, of course, that her husband and father of a child had confessed and he this. said, eh. <laughs> I don't understand why you're so upset. Right? Yeah. <laughs> After a long conversation, she suggested that he get therapy. Mark agreed and told her that he had set up an appointment with a psychiatrist. He said his first appointment was on October 3rd. Sure. And we will take a break. Oh. And we will be back uh, shortly. And we are back. So we're going to shift our attention now from Mark to uh, another guy who lives in Canada. Uh, this man's name is Giles Tetralt. Okay. So we're going to call him Giles. Giles. I can say that. So... Uh, in 2002, he had met a woman named Pamela. They married soon after. They lived in Saskatchewan and owned a hair salon together. Uh, she was a hairstylist. Giles did the accounting and marketing. The business was pretty successful. So they just decided we can do the same thing with a different business a few years later into their marriage. Uh, they moved to British Columbia and started a stucco business. Not real sure why you think just because you're good at like hairstyling business, you can just do any business. Yeah. But whatever. Unfortunately, it didn't have the same success. And soon they were working multiple jobs. Oh, yeah, I was hair dryers. <laughs> Around 2008, uh, Pamela was visiting friends in Edmonton when she was offered a job. She took the offer, and after selling their house, Guile made the journey to join her. Once back together, Pamela chose to end the relationship. Guile said it took him by surprise, but eventually he managed to get past it and back into the dating pool. Uh, not only had he been in a relationship for six years, but he was also pretty new to the Edmonton area. He wasn't sure where to meet women or where to take them if he succeeded in meeting them. So in the summer of 2008, he signed up for an online, some online dating sites. After a few uh, you know, hits and misses, well, mostly misses, he found one that seemed promising and put together a profile, hoping to attract a woman of similar interests. At the beginning of October, Giles came across a profile under an account titled Spiderwebs. That was the username. The profile belonged to an attractive, blonde-haired, blue-eyed woman named Sheena. Her profile stood out because she said she had also recently moved to Edmonton from British Columbia, when he noticed that her profile was active, meaning that she was currently logged into her account, he took the chance and sent her an instant message. Sheena responded right away, and the, se- and the two seemed to hit it off. After a few minutes of chatting, Sheena asked Giles if he had any plans for the weekend. When he said that he didn't, she suggested that they get together. She suggested that on Friday, October 3rd, they go to dinner and a movie. She told him that she liked to go to dinner first to help avoid all the junk food at the theater. She also picked Joey's Global Grill and Lounge for a meal, before they went and saw Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Oh. Good movie. Haven't seen it for a long time, but it's uh, Good Michael Sarah. Great soundtrack, yeah. Michael Sarah. Yeah. yeah. By this point, Giles was so excited to have actually found success on a dating site that he was down for whatever. She seemed like a confident woman who knew what she wanted, and he liked that. In his excitement over the date, Giles ignored a lot of red flags, though. Uh, Sheena sent instructions on where to pick her up. Like, not directions. She's, she sent him, like, well, directions, but... Wouldn't give him an address. Yeah. 
So she told him that she lived in a basement apartment and that he would have to go through a detached garage to get there. She said there was no parking allowed in the front of the house, and the only way to get to her apartment was through the backyard. The gate into the backyard was padlocked, so she would leave one of the garage doors partially open, and he could duck in there and make his way into the apartment. Instead of sending him the address, she just sent him directions on how to get to the garage in the alley. When he asked for her phone number in case he got lost, she refused, stating that she didn't give out her address or phone number for safety reasons. But, you know, here's how to get to Here's exactly a little treasure map for you. Giles was confused but not put off enough to cancel the date. And Mark was also very excited for this date. He had purchased duct tape, plastic, and disposable coveralls. He covered the ceiling with plastic and draped it down the walls. He covered the floor with a green tarp and readied his killing tools. He used a sheet to separate the two halves of the garage. This way, when his victim entered one side of the dark garage, he wouldn't immediately see Mark or the kill room. On Friday, Giles left work and hurried home where he changed his clothes and headed south to Sheena's apartment. The directions got him there with no problem, and he saw that the door on the, garage, on the right side of the garage was open partway. He ducked in the garage, expecting to cut through to the main, to the main door on the other side, uh, where he could cross the backyard to Sheena's apartment. Instead, someone grabbed him from behind and began punching him in the back of the head. The attacker jammed a black stick into his chest, and a blue light started flashing as soon as he pushed a button. The stun baton sent 800,000 volts of electricity through his body, immediately weakening all of his muscles. As he finally turned to see who was attacking him, he was, a, he was horrified to see someone in a black and gold painted hockey mask. So see, it's not who you thought it was. This mask is black and gold. I think even if I was me getting shocked, I'd be like, really? Come on, man. Really? I gotta be so mad at myself. I let this fucking schmuck fucking get the upper hand on me. But I think that would give me the power I needed to just be like, uh-uh. Not today. Like, the hockey mask wearing fucking idiot is not going to kill yeah. me. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be upset. <sighs> like, this is the best you could come yeah. up with. Yeah. So. Jeez. Oh, my God. Yeah, so he had on this hockey mask with a black hood pulled up over his head. Uh... So now Giles is like, oh, I'm not just being attacked. I'm being, like, I've been set up. (laughs) So he fought to free himself from the attacker's grasp. uh, But as soon as he broke free, uh, you know, the man was back on top of him again, hitting him with a stun baton. Uh, Giles finally did manage to get a little bit of distance between himself and the man. uh, And this is when the man pulled, put down the stun baton and pulled out a gun. He ordered Giles to lie down on the ground with his arms behind his back. And Giles wasn't real sure if the gun was real or not, so he went ahead and did this. Giles told the man, like, you can have my wallet, you can have my truck, just let me live. I won't say anything. The man uh, pulled a piece of duct tape off a roll and put it over his victim's mouth. Mark had written down his exact plans in the journal for this. He described his process of setting up fake accounts by using software to block his IP address, then using pictures he had downloaded from profiles of women in different parts of the world. He wrote, I always change things up. I never use the same profile for more than one victim at a time. And I generate new email addresses as well, just in case. After a victim is removed from the world, neatly and cleanly, I erase my accounts and every trace they left behind. Sure, the mother servers may or may not have an imprinted image, but even if they checked, they wouldn't trace me. As soon as the profiles go up, within 24 hours, the responses come in like a flood. I review the messages sent and choose my victims based on age, body type, profession, status, and living situation. Obviously, I'm not going to pursue a six-foot-four-inch athletic martial arts instructor Obviously. who's married with four kids. So I'm weaker, easier, you know? You know, I'm a little coward bitch. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's just got trouble written all over it. I mean, I'm ruthless, but I'm not an idiot. He's not an idiot, Joel. No. <laughs> he's, he's a nerd. He's, he's clearly smart. I have my own fight training background, but I don't have delusions of grandeur. When I come across a single man in his late 30s to early 40s who is self-employed, lives alone, and stands between 5'7 and 5'11 with an average body type weighing in between 150 and 180 pounds, I know I found my ideal target. <laughs> I'm glad that I'm not his ideal target. Then. Yeah. <laughs> the journal continues, uh, and he calls Giles in the journal, he calls him Frank. Because remember, he's writing this as like his own little, yeah. like this is like his movie script, basically. Oh. So he wrote... My kill room was perfectly prepped. Plastic sheeting taped together around my table, a large green cloth screwed into the drywall, ceiling to shield a review of it from my guest's line of sight, and to shield me too, of course. I now stood but a few feet away from the front door, which I had locked. The plan was to wait in the shadow of my curtain until he approached the door and shock him with the stun baton, followed by a sleeper hold that would slap away his consciousness. 
so that I could tape him up and set him on my table. Shave his head. And shave his head. <laughs> and then do butt stuff with him. <laughs> Giles knew that he was no longer in the middle of a mugging. His attacker was clearly going to t- kill him if he didn't comply. But he ripped the tape off of his uh, eyes and mouth, jumped to his feet. When the masked man pulled the gun up towards him uh, and ordered him to get back on the ground, Giles grabbed the weapon and instantly knew it was fake. Giles' fear evaporated, and he knew that it was time to fight. He tried to punch the man in the stomach, but there was no power behind his punch. He didn't know it. He really didn't think about it at the time, but, like, the stun gun, yeah, just yeah. his muscles had nothing. Zapped him. Uh, Zapped all his energy, huh? Exactly. Hey, huh? Zapped. Zapped it. Wasn't that a, isn't that an energy drink? Probably. Zapped. I don't know. I don't think so. Used to be, maybe. So, uh, but Giles was eventually able to position, uh, position himself just right to slip out of his jacket, as it, since the attacker had a hold of it, and he fell to the floor right by the still partially open garage door. He slipped underneath and was on the gravel driveway when he tried to get up, his legs didn't work. Just like with his punches, the muscles in his legs had been affected by the uh, stun gun. As he tried to crawl down the driveway, the attacker grabbed one of his legs and tried to drag him back. He was able to free himself, though, and again uh, forced himself to his feet and ran down the driveway where he saw a couple out walking their dog and yelled for help. The couple looked at him in shock, and they really weren't sure what was happening. Uh, they actually kind of thought that they were maybe being lured. Maybe they the, thought there was a hockey game going on. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but they thought maybe. Man, I don't get hockey at all. They what thought maybe this was a setup. Going, yeah. So Giles was like, hey, there's a guy after me. He's trying to kill me. Like, help, whatever. But then the man in the hockey mask comes out, too. He sees the couple, and he just pulls the mask up a little bit, and he goes, come on, Frank. And then he starts wake, waving him back over. Yeah. Uh, the couple see this, and they think, like, you know, we don't know what the fuck is happening. So they just walk off. They're out. Yeah. Giles uh, is pleading with them to, like, help him get to his truck at least, but they are having none of this. Um, but at, by this point, Mark had, like, ran back into the garage. So Giles is able to get into the truck and drive himself home. Oh. Now, the couple are unsure if anyone was really hurt. Like, they don't know what was happening. So they did. When they got home, they called the police. The police came out and took a look at the spot where they said they encountered the man. Uh... But the garage door was closed, and nobody was around, so they just shrugged it off. Yeah. I don't see any hockey masks. <laughs> There's no crime happening here. <laughs> so, we have a lot of these stories where the cops are just... They, rode, fucking, their ho- they rode their horses and went home. Fucking worthless. Because they're cans. Yeah, these are Mounties. Yeah. Uh, so, Mark would later write in his journal, quote, I don't know why I played it as cool as I did. Maybe it was something Frank said during the skirmish about swearing not to tell anyone if I let him go. Maybe it was my own instincts about reading people, and the fear in his eyes told me deep down he wouldn't report the incident, but I felt pretty okay. I cleaned prints off and tossed the rest in the dumpster. Uh, or I still packed up any gear of my own and his stray jacket into a bag. Whatever I felt like keeping, I cleaned prints off of, and then I tossed everything else into a dumpster. As a final touch, I sent one last warning email to Frank through the dating site, telling him that I had traced his IP address through his messages, and that if he did report me... I would hunt him down where he lives when he least expects it and finish the job. Oh, big man with his keyboard warrior. I even threw in a line about having cased the garage, that this wasn't even my garage, and that I had never used the same location twice. My last lie was to tell him that he was lucky number 18 on my spree. Oh. Then I walked calmly out to my car, got in, and drove away across the entire city back to my home where my wife and child waited for me. During the entire trip, I kept thinking, surely this douchebag would call the police. Not that it mattered if he did. Douchebag. I covered my tracks well. So I Giles... kind of wish he would call the police. <laughs> now, at this point, I'm thinking about it. Yeah. So Giles did not contact the police. Not because he'd made the promise, but because he was embarrassed. Yeah. So uh, he actually had made it about halfway home when he pulled over. He should have called Neve from Catfish. Is that what the name was? Yeah, Neve. That's the host. Oh, I didn't. I don't think I've ever actually watched okay. it. Okay. Uh, but good, good to know. Good <laughs> little fun fact there. So uh, he's about halfway home. He pulls over in a church parking lot, takes a rest. Uh, he got some fresh air, drank a bottle of water, and he's laid down his truck and passed out for 15 minutes. You've got to just be like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. And was that guy wearing a Jason mask? <laughs> yeah, why? Well, it's Canada, too, so I guess hockey mask. Oh, yeah. Little, but it, still. it might have been like a real hockey mask. That's just so, yeah. Instead of like what we're thinking. Fuck him still. Know. Fuck him still. Uh, and why is that called a hockey? Like, it's really not a hockey mask, right? Like, did they used to wear masks like that? 
Yeah, I think like the original, like, because they didn't used to wear masks at all. And that's why if you look at old fucking pictures of hockey players, they're all missing teeth and yeah. they're all fucked up. They're badasses. Yeah. But then I think that was like the first style was <laughs> now they have it where it's like it's completely yeah. cases the head. Except for, did you see that dude that got a slit, his throat slit open? Yeah, in the minors. Holy shit. Was it in the minors? Yeah. There's oh, I thought that. it was an NHL No, 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 no. It was a minors. Uh, he was an NHL player, oh. like, in the minors. And, uh, yeah, like, now, like, like, even the other players, like, they have neck coverings. Good. And, yeah. That shit was crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, uh, he, you know, sleeps for about 15 minutes or whatever. Then he gets up, drives the rest of the way home. When he gets home, he realizes just how swollen his face is. Uh, so, he put on, you know, put a bag of frozen vegetables on it. Uh, fell back asleep. About 10.30, he wakes up and thinks, maybe I should get online and try to get some information in case, uh, you know, I do go to the police. Uh, he never, it doesn't really seem like he ever actually got that email, though, that Mark had sent him. Oh. Um uh, because he logs back into the dating site and everything had been deleted, uh, as lo- along with the Spiderwebs account. Yeah. Um, though Giles thought about calling the police and was encouraged to by his ex-wife when he told her about the incident, he ultimately chose not to. She was probably like, you're so stupid. Which, if you're embarrassed, I don't think I'm telling my ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'd rather tell the police. <laughs> I don't, I'm not giving her any more no, ammo. No, no, no. Um, so, you know, at first he is... Embarrassed about this, because uh, this is 2008. Like, online dating at the time was still, like, not, it's not as normal. Like, now, I th- yeah. that's just the way people meet. But back then, it was still kind of like a, you were judged for it a bit. So, uh, he was also embarrassed because, like, clearly this had not been an actual meetup. Like, clearly there were signs that this, sh- that this should have never happened. Yeah. Uh, so... He, you know, he just was really excited there to go on a date with this pretty lady. Uh, he just wanted to forget the whole thing though and move on with his life. So that's what he did. Um, a lot, of, he, like the swelling and stuff, would be a lot more noticeable though. He eventually like had to tell people what happened. Uh, everyone was pushing him to go to the police, um, but every single time the embarrassment would get too much for him, and he just wouldn't do it. So. Uh, uh, Mark had thought, you know, about, well, what if Giles does go to the police? He figures it's going to take them about an hour to respond to the report and track down who would run to the garage. So he write, he still, he prepared for the possibility. So he wrote in his journal, quote, I practiced my entire behavior pattern should I come home to police cruisers parked along my front yard. I would rush to the door in a panic, and upon entering or being stopped by patrolmen, I would appear utterly surprised and beg them to know if anything had happened to my precious wife or, and daughter. My genuine shock at their presence would cast me in an innocent light in their eyes. Then my cover story of being in a therapy appointment would become my short-term alibi. Which, They're pretty gonna... easy alibi to check yeah. out. Yeah, what's your doctor's name? Well, that's, that's confident. Peter Porter? Whatever that guy's, <laughs> Phil Porter? Yeah. Mark told Jess that he was going to therapy on October 3rd, using his excuse not to be home uh, while he attempted his first kill. Uh, apparently, he believed that this alibi would work with the police. Again, though, like they would immediately figure out this is not a thing. So uh, he basically, I think, thought maybe like that would be enough to give him some time to actually come up with like a another lie. <laughs> Did I say therapy? I mean, okay, this is the best I got for now, but yeah, I'll have better. Yeah, yeah. You come back in a couple hours. I'm gonna have a whole other thing for therapy you. Therapy was the name of the movie I watched. <laughs> Later that day, or the following Thursday, Mark went online and set up a new dating profile, creating a new persona as Jen, a thirty-something brunette looking for a, quote intimate encounter. Oh. Air horn. And on October 10th, Johnny Altinger, born on April 28, 1970 in Edmonton, Alberta, was sitting at his computer flirting with the woman he had just met online. He had a four-day weekend away from his night shift job at the mechanic shop, or machine shop coming up, and he hoped to fill his free time with a date or two. In our next episode, we'll figure out what happened. Oh, shit! We'll get into the story of Johnny and Mark and Giles and the Dexter Zero Killer. Wow, you son of a bitch! You son of a bitch! So yeah, this dude, this dude, like, imagine being such a—I mean, you know—he he himself admit, admittedly has no empathy. Yeah. But imagine, like, in your head, you're using your wife and daughter as like, you know, I'll act so yeah. worried. I'll about act her. like they mean something I'll, to yeah, me. Yeah, I'll act like I give I'll a shit about their care. lives. Sure. What a what a garbage human being. Oh. But yeah, so this, we, we get into some stuff on this one. Uh, there's a lot of footage of this, a lot of the footage of the uh, interrogation. 
uh, is online if anybody wants to check it out. Uh, you know, watch part, listen to part two first before yeah. you release it, and then yeah. go check out everything. I won't watch anything. Don't spoil the story for yourself. Don't don't spoil it for me out there. But man, does he? Uh, yes, I want to see this guy get his come up and. He has some stories. Okay. He has some stories to tell. All right. Uh, and the detective that the detective is kind of funny to me because he treats Mark like a fucking imbecile. <laughs> so it's pretty good. Probably playing head games. All right. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll have part two of this story coming up with uh, everything else that goes on up there in Edmonton, Cal- Edmonton, Canada. Uh, but hey, we should have that before Christmas. Yeah. Because I think we still got, what, two weeks before sure. Christmas? Sure. I, I can do next Saturday. Uh, one, two. Yeah, we got about, yeah, next week, and then we'll be off for Christmas, yeah. of course, because we got things going on. Sure, Santa's coming. Santa. Uh, but, yeah, we'll be back next weekend with part two of this, and then we're going to take a little Christmas break, and then uh, see you guys in the new year. Uh, our Spotify wrapped came up, came out. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys all for making 2023 a pretty awesome year for us. Uh, a lot of numbers went up. Uh, thank you to Band Camp uh, for the promo swap that we did with you guys. Uh, definitely helped us out, and we'd love to work with you guys again. Yeah, do something. So everybody, shout out to- Travis for our new music this year. Travis Graham. Travis Graham. Shout out everybody. Uh, Danielle hooked us up with Bob and or Bob's Burgers artwork. Yeah, which is like my favorite thing ever. Ever of us is Bob's Burgers characters. Yeah, I'm Teddy. So cool. I'm telling you. Uh, it's all I've ever wanted in life is to be a Bob's Burger character. Sure. Uh, so, yeah. Thank you, guys. Uh, and come back next weekend for part two of the Dexter Serial Killer. Got anything to say before we get out of here? Get wrecked! Anything else to say for yourself after that? Tater tots! All right, perfect. Bye.